So, hello, and welcome to the Hamsnake Podcast. It's a podcast where we read Homestuck and tell you about it. Uh, I'm Alex, and I have not read Homestuck before. I'm Lydia, and I super have. And we did that backwards, and that's okay, because that is, like, not even the weirdest thing that's happened today. So, we are <laughs> going to be rehashing. Um, yeah, so uh, we went half an hour into this recording, and uh, I did not click record. So... <sighs> <laughs> This is uh, attempt number two. Yep. But that's fine because this is a good cold open. Not as good as the one we had before, but we can't play that one. Damn, it was really good. So this week we are picking up where we left off last week, which was at the end of page 20... Nope. 2879. Um, and let me see if I can do this from memory, because I'm not going to look the notes up again. Um, <laughs> basically, we left um, Rose having just escaped a lab on the imminent edge of destruction, according to a countdown clock, having learned some things about her past cat Jaspers and interact with an, a, uh, a purifier a little bit, kind of like the one that we left WV with. Um, we left John mucking around. Oh, we left John in his room having a mental breakdown because his dad is a normal businessman and he doesn't actually love clowns and fruit gushers are made by Betty Crocker. Mm -hmm. Um, Dave, for like the nth time in a row, was just like still in the middle of a fight with his brother, like just kind of being held at bay for a while. We're not talking about him. Um, (laughs) who else? Uh, Jade is trying to... Jade has just confronted her grandfather, finally, who has a lot of really weird decor choices, including, evidently, having himself taxidermied. Oh, I I thought that she had him taxidermied. Oh, I I mean, like, I get the impression that, like, maybe he wrote that in his will. Yeah, maybe. That's that's actually completely left up to interpretation, so I kind of like the idea that, like, she just assumed that would be, like, the proper thing to do. (laughs) Yeah. Um, anyway, so she confronts her taxidermy grandpa, and she's out trying to find her pet to go feed it an irradiated steak. Mm-hmm. Um, and meanwhile, our carapace friends in the future are respectively sort of arriving, converging on the site of the frog ruins. Yes. Which is now a desert. Yeah. Um, so... Let's just jump into it. Uh, Lego. We start this reading with an animation of Jade retrieving the blue package from John that was uh, a few months late for her birthday. Um, But before she can get it, she has to strife with her pet, Becquerel, who is a radiation-eating white featureless canine of some sort. Similar in design to the faceless... uh, father and mother and brother of the other characters that he is and as we see like despite having some like doggy instincts like um he's a good caretaker but we'll get to that in a second because so so jade is trying to like shoot him out of the way because i guess she knows he's like not vulnerable to that stuff she's trying to get him out of the way so that he, he won't let her get the package for some reason mm-hmm. so he does I th- what i think that he's just playing with her okay but yeah, so like she shoots him a bunch of times, but he keeps doing like space time manipulation shenanigans to not uh, get hurt by the bullets. Yeah, he does something like um, for one of them, he grows the bullet to be like twice as big as either of them, and then like 
transports them both like on top of the bullet so they like ride the bullet to a different location uh-huh. and then it disappears so then they like move to a different location like at one point he like opens up a void yeah his like his body turns into a void that goes at like hyperspace speed into like a galaxy so he uh he has some interesting abilities this this good dog he is a good dog uh, and then she shoots a bullet for him to fetch in the other direction, and he goes after it <laughs> and catches it with his mouth. He's very pleased, and so yeah. is Jade. Yeah, so she gets the package, and then they hug, and his tail wags, and he is a good dog. He is. And then she falls asleep. She does. And he is a great dog, because he picks her up and takes her home and puts her to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we cut to Rose, who has transportalized successfully out of this imminently disestablished lab. Um, and she is in what she realizes must be her mom's room, which she has never seen before. Yeah, so there's like a wall-to-ceiling uh, shelf of just alcohol, and apparently no furniture. Uh, but it's probably her mom's room. <laughs> it like seems that way. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, then... As she's looking out the window of her mom's room, she's like, why has the lab not been, like, struck by a meteor and destroyed yet? And the lab gets struck by a meteor and destroyed. Yeah. Uh, And then the glass shatters in the window and, like, fire comes into the house. And uh, it looks like Rose is in trouble. But then we go back to John. (laughs) Who is just, like, standing around his house. Like, he's defeated the imminent, like, imp threat. He's just like... Please put on his new birthday suit. (laughs) He's feeling snazzy. Yeah. Um, so he's gonna be productive and, like, try and make some more stuff to, like, use, some, like, weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't see him do any of that just yet, because instead, uh, Jade is gonna have to have a dream. Yeah, so she has these, uh, these kind of poles with blinking bulbs around her bed. And these, uh, cor- these correspond to this box that seems to be in her room that has the poles as well. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's downstairs. I think it's right next to her bed. Okay. Um, but as she falls asleep, or as she starts to dream, um, a robotic jade bursts out of this box, and it starts acting out her dreams. Which is pretty yeah. cool, because it can do things like grow extra arms to play a bass and fly. And Yeah. <laughs> um, so we see Jade's kind of dream self, which is in a room similar to hers, but much uh much nicer like and much less cluttered and also she is wearing a yellow dress and she can fly and stuff in her dreams right of course of course because it's dreams right right it's totally not real <laughs> don't worry about it yeah it's complicated so, <laughs> so uh before we get back into that uh we go into the past to jade's birthday when john has sent her uh her gift and they talk about the trolls that have been contacting both of them. Um, John drops another Arsler, which sucks. Um, but then Jade says that she's counted 12 of these trolls. And it's like the Zodiac. Uh, because I know from fan art that <laughs> the trolls wear Zodiac symbols on their shirts. So I, I assume that there were 12, and this seems to confirm that. Confirmed. And we also see that John uh, changes his handle to try to uh, get the trolls off his tail uh, from ghostly trickster to ectobiologist, which is ha- which it has been for the entire comic so far. Right. 
So some like backstory mm-hmm. to these <laughs> children. So is he? He's the only one who doesn't have a G in his handle, right? Yeah, like a. a yeah, I think they all have G's. In fact, yeah. I think or so. no, t- tentacle therapist has T's. They have they have C and C's and G's and T's. Oh, is that oh oh that's like DNA. You noticed. Huh. Well, huh. Mm. <laughs> All right. I didn't notice that before. Um, so we got we go back to John in the present, and uh, he goes back into his room, and he sees that his uh, posters, his beloved uh, terrible movie posters, have been vandalized. Uh, they have, um, like, horrible-looking clowns, like, sp- scrawled all over them in like a hideous fluorescent like ms paint pencil tool yeah so he gets really angry at the imps right um so and then we cut right back to rose who is apparently safe uh from the fire consuming her house in her own room uh down the hall (laughs) don't worry about it it's fine it's fine um so she go ahead yeah She's she's named the um the kitten the mutant kitten from the lab uh, vodka mutini. She has or muti for short. She has, and I, I love that cat. Mm-hmm. That's such a cute. The, the way that it's written is it, the way that it's written. Hmm. The way that it's written. Yeah, it's it's so cute. <laughs> it's just such a cute cat. Mm-hmm. Love me a good cute cat picture. Um, Do you want to mention your friend? Oh, yeah. So I had a friend who, for a long time, ran a roleplay blog where they, like, roleplayed as Muty the cat. (laughs) That's so cute. Yeah. Um, But so then then Rose is talking to John. She's trying... John is like, oh, like, you're psychotherapizing me. And she's like, I'm just trying to be a friend. And, like, granted, she's a friend who, like, is a psychotherapy hobbyist. But, like, I don't know. I thought it was sort of interesting because that's that's something that comes up in my own life is that like what's the difference between therapizing your friends and just being a friend for them like <laughs> yeah not always super clear um so Rose comes in on John having a fit about these posters but then she says John those posters have been vandalized ever since the game started and he doesn't take that well he thinks she's telling a joke but she's pretty pretty adamant that uh, the posters have always looked like that since she started looking at his room. Right, and for, for proof, she even shows him, like, the, the screen caps from her, like, walkthrough, which include, like, images of his bedroom, because that's what her view is. And mm-hmm. if you look at them, like, like, you can open them from the chat log and, like, look at them in a separate tab, and the drawings are there. So. Yeah, very spooky. Yeah. But then we cut back to the future, where uh, okay. the wayward vagabond is at the frog ruins. Right. He needs to get down from a high place, and he is unwilling to sacrifice his mayoral sash to do it. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then, on one of the spires of the temple, he sees a length of cable. Um, so he tries to purify it into the, his room. Mm-hmm. But the purifier mysteriously gets reset to a few hundred years earlier. And by and mysteriously, we mean he puts his soda can down on the button that homes it in <laughs> on the day that is the present day in the story. I didn't see that. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, but where that cable is now, there 
at that time was the package that John sent to Jade with a letter attached to it for Mr. Mayor <laughs> in Jade's handwriting. Right. So uh, he gets that, and then he gets the cable, which is probably put there by Jade right. uh, at some point between the present and the future for him to get, because obviously. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, where are we? So she gets, she get he gets, excuse me, he gets the rope, um, and he starts climbing down, and then we see that PM is coming in in her little, like, helicopter-y looking ship, um, and then we see that a previously unmet, they're a new person, they are previously mm-hmm. unmet, that's a technical yes. term, um, <laughs> is, like, holed up in, like, the sort of archway that's very high up in the temple, um, Looking he's at an them endless through, he's an he's a what? He's looking at them through like a gun scope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um he has a huge gun. Um and he is a carapace person. He has a black carapace and he um is wrapped in caution tape. Yeah, which looks really cool. Yeah, he's pretty cool looking. He's got like a pointy looking like head, looks like a like a Robin Hood hat kinda. Oh yeah. Or like his head wrapping, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, uh, and his name is Aimless Renegade. He is. Um, right, so, okay, so after that, we jump back to the conversation between um, John and Rose, and that's the point at which Rose actually sends the screen caps. I had yeah. my, not that it really matters, because the continuity yeah. no worries. is there. Uh, but so um, then, then Rose gives her theory of, like, what was actually going on. Mm-hmm. So what Rose thinks is that... Um, when John went into his father's room and saw that his father was a normal-looking person, um, he was suddenly able to see something that his subconscious had done before because uh, his kind of paradigm of reality had been rearranged. Um, and Rose thinks that John had subconsciously vandalized his own posters with clown imagery uh, as kind of a an act of rebellion against his uh, his father's apparent obsession with clowns. Well, so she didn't, she doesn't think it's an act of rebellion. She thinks it's, um, she thinks it's this negativity of some kind that John has got, like, stored up, and that he's okay. just directing onto his father, and so then he thinks that it's a rebellion against, so that's, this is the sort of the chicken and egg problem that you were talking about on the, the session that we lost. Yeah. Is that, like, so he was, it still doesn't explain why he makes it, like, why he makes it about clowns, but, um. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what Rose thinks is that, as a child, um, the father, or dad, his name's dad, uh, just saw these clown drawings that John did, and started collecting clowns to, like, please his son. Uh, but then John, who never liked clowns in the first place, started resenting, um, the clowns, and probably subconsciously did more clown drawings, and just kind of, it escalated from there. Um, the question (laughs) is, like, until the house became overrun with clowns, and neither of them were probably very happy about it. (laughs) Like, where Um, did the clowns come from? Well, they both knew, but, like, they both thought they were making the other person happy. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of kind of touching in a sad way. Um, 
but yeah, the question is like, where did this start? Like, did the father buy one clown thinking John might like it and he misinterpret John's reaction to that? Or did John have like a pre-existent uh, negativity towards clowns? Uh, we don't really know that at this point, but John is pretty upset about the posters being vandalized, whether by himself or the imps. Right. Um, but he doesn't really have time to do much about it right now because Rose is working on just like building the house and he needs to be working on like alchemizing some more stuff. Yeah. And there's kind of some incongruity between what we previously saw about the house building uh, because like back then, uh, I I forget what it was, but something like almost fell off the edge and then uh, Rose made this big plank of flooring like that just extruded out of the house. Yeah. Uh, kind of, like, without any regard for physics. But now she has to worry about, like, load-bearing walls because the um, platforms on top of, like, brick chimneys that she's been building are starting to wobble. So it's kind of not uh, totally congruent, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I'm okay with those details being, like, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Um, so we, we we leave them to it for a little bit, and we check back in with Jade who is floating around on her, the moon. Her dream self, yeah, is um, kind of flying around this golden city. Uh, and we... Well, first she's playing the advanced bass, <laughs> which has two necks and uh, two small keyboards on it as well. The advanced bass. She needs to... She's able in her dream to grow extra arms to do it. Yes. And her robot uh, dream, dream bot uh, in the... Uh, present and here and now um, also can grow arms because that's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then we zoom out when she's playing this advanced bass and we see that she is in this very uh, spiry golden city um, in, a, like, in a tower that looks a lot like her own on Earth but also different. And there's two of these towers on this moon, but it's also chained to an even bigger moon. Um, and the, these, bigger mood. these two moons, you're tapping. I, yeah, I'm trying to find the, sorry, I shouldn't be typing as you're going. I'm trying to find the, the bit on the, um, the cosmology that I want to talk okay. about. Okay. Sorry. Um, so these, these, these two moons are orbiting around Skya. That they are. And then we zoom out a little bit more, and we see that, like, this construction is called Prospit. Yes. We really powered through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, folks, this is where we uh, realized I wasn't recording. So that probably sounded a bit rushed, but now we're back to uh, not knowing what we're talking about. <laughs> right. So Lydia is looking for a reference that we've already seen to this construction, this, uh, prospect. And, uh, she, you say, uh, Nana Sprite talked about it? Yeah, and she, we, we're in the medium now. A realm that is a ring of pure void dividing light and darkness. Okay. And... 
So above the medium, beyond the seven gates, residing at the core of the Ancyposphere, is a place known as Skya. Legend holds that Skya exists as a dormant crucible of unlimited creative potential. And then Nana Sprite gets real cagey about it and doesn't really tell you very much else. But um, this actually goes back to when we were talking about kernels also, the kernel sprites that, mm-hmm. that we interacted with right when we entered the game. Um, so the kernel divides, right? One is dark and one is light. Right. And they carry the information that uh, was, like, embedded in them when they were prototyped, like when John threw that Harlequin doll into it, um, and then his grandmother's ashes. Yes. And so um, so the Harlequin information um, goes, so it's embedded in these, like, dark and light halves, and they go to um, to orbs that are atop spires. Um, and... Okay, so what do, what do we hear? So one goes down to a kingdom entrenched in darkness, the other up to a kingdom basking in light. Each comes to rest in an orb atop a spire, of which there are three others in kind. The four spires are situated above a throne, and these two thrones pre- preside over the two respective sovereign powers. This is a war that the light, forces of light are always destined to lose. So we're seeing the actual, like, cities, like, the, the Orbitapa Spire, like, that's Jade's room. Yeah. Um, and so that presumably is where um, her, like, colonel would go once she entered the game, right? And so the corollary is that there's, there's so there's going to be two on this planet, and then there's going to be another two on a different planet. Right. Um... And we, we've we just learned the name of the one place, which is called Prospit. Um, and it is the home of the, the Kingdom of Light or whatever. Um, the, it's called the Golden City. The Golden, yeah. It's, it, that's just kind of euphemistic. Okay. Um, it doesn't really have a name. It's just called Prospit, but... Gotcha. And it's it's just cool as hell to look at! It's so cool! Yeah, it is. It's really, it's really gorgeous. It's like, it's not... Kind of like, we've seen the dark kingdom Mm -hmm. and that was a very like uh hauntingly like an eerie kind of beauty like the uh found imagery of like towers in purple yeah it's Um, all very gothic like in the classical like architecture sense yeah um but this is like this these two moons linked by a golden chain and they're all like covered in golden spires, and it almost makes it look like, um, like a kind of crystal that's, like, extruded out into these, like, layers of spires. It's very beautiful. It really does look that way, because it's not spherical, it's a pentagon. It's like a, it's like a pent, or, like, it's a pentahedron. Mm-hmm. Um, when we zoom out really far on it, you can see that it's vaguely, like, pentahedral. And yeah, it's, like, very Baroque, it's, like, spine, it's so, oh my god, like, so much of the art in these comics is, like, simple and cartoony and stuff, but, like, when it's pretty, it's really pretty to look at. Yeah, for sure. So, anyway. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so that's where we uh, are going to start babbling again. <laughs> From here on out, we have no clue what the hell we're doing, so returning <laughs> to your regular programming. So, uh, Jade, or Jade's dream self, flies out into this golden city. Uh, meanwhile, her robo-self is flying out onto just, like the hills outside her house. Um, But in the dream, she sees a white carapace person. Uh, I called, 
in my notes I said cartilaginous, but carapace is the word I was looking for. It's not cartilage, it's carapace. They could also have a cartilage skeleton, you don't know. You're right. Um, and you mentioned that this person looks awfully familiar. Yes. And we cut directly to a peregrine mendicant. Yes. Who is this person probably in the future? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we see that um, Jade's instructions for the Wayward Vagabond with this uh, package uh, are to give the package to Peregrine Mendicant, who just arrived at the same scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but AR, the third carapace person, does not like that and starts shooting at the two of them. So adorably, they end up, like, diving behind the same cover, and they're just, like, glancing at each other. Like, yeah. hello. And like, Yeah, and uh, WV tries to, like, scoot over to her, and she just, like, eyes him, and then, like... <laughs> He goes back. Uh, but eventually, like, they just... It's awkward, I guess, because they're, like, opposite color carapace people. Um, but they... Uh, he gives the package to her, uh, and it's very cute. He gives the package to her, and there's another letter on... So so he the, the instructions that Jade has for him are, like... She mm-hmm. mostly just draws, like, a picture of, like... Yeah, the... of, like, the scene that's unfolding. Yeah, so it's, like, her instruction is, like, go here, and, like, an arrow to, like, a rock where he needs to go. With, like, a heart beside it. Yeah, and then, like, another little, like, panel in it that's, like, give present! Yeah. Hooray! Uh, yeah, and so there's also, inside the letter for him, there's also an envelope with a letter for her. Right. Uh, and it's, like, to the male lady. Yeah. Because she's, like, a male person. M-A-I-L. Yes. Yeah. Um, um Yeah, so it's... <laughs> Jade is... Oh my god, she's so cute. She's in every way. Gosh. Um, and then we, so, but we don't actually see that sort of exchange take place, I don't think, because, or maybe we see it take place, but then we cut away to... Yeah. Uh, Jade, ha- in the Dream City, in the Golden City, has flown over to the other spire on this half of the moon, and inside that room is the sleeping John. Uh, but he is having a bad dream, it seems. Yeah. Um, and Jade is like, I don't want to wake him up because he'll wake up in his own time. But notice that the draw- the scribbles from his real bedroom are sort yeah. of like holographically projected on his walls here. That's that's interesting because what I what I what I saw that as is that um, the dream John is the one consciously doing the scribbles, and that's done unconsciously by the. Um, Earth John. I don't remember exactly how that works. You might be right. <laughs> okay. Um, they just, they look flickery, but that could be a function of the light coming in through the window. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but then uh, the dream Jade, uh, she also, she says like, I don't remember what, like, when John will wake up. I wish I had some system for remembering things. <laughs> and you, you see her hands up close and there's no, like, memory strings on them. Right. So... It seems that Dream Jade isn't quite the same person as regular Jade. She doesn't have all the same memories. Right. Which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But then she has to go back inside because it's about to be an eclipse on this uh, two-moon world. Um, And I I think that just means, like, whatever the source of light is is going to go behind Skya. Mm-hmm. So it's just going to be, like, 
pure black on this world for a while, which uh, is kind of interesting about like dark and light, like the light place can't escape the dark. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, which I mean does get a little bit into the like problematic opposition of like light is good and like dark is evil and like mm-hmm. as I mean like as we see with like the carapace people like interacting in the future it doesn't actually matter like they're just a bunch of little like they're, they're just like people and like they all like interact and they all have like their own motivations but like the yeah. fact that it's like let's pit the the like white carapace pawns against all of the black carapace pawns like that's kind of lazy and problematic, but yeah, for sure. It's also like the single longest standing like motif in all of Western literature. So like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not gonna like pick a super big fight. I'm not gonna like make a big, <laughs> huge, big stink about that. But it is like a little bit uncomfortable of a oh, man. of a thematic choice, I guess. So uh, the last thing that happens in this reading is um, John does a bunch of alchemy. Yep. <laughs> Some alchemy fuckery. Um, and it's really funny. Like, you wouldn't it's... think that just, like, combining objects would be so funny, but it's really funny. Yeah. So, um, I mean, first, uh, like, Rose says, I'm gonna go, uh, like, build a bunch of stuff and, like, don't, let's not waste any grist. Like, let's be economical. Uh, and then John decides to just, like, fuck around with, like, grist and... <laughs> Make a bunch of stuff that he doesn't need. <laughs> well, like, it's it's useful. More of it is useful than isn't. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, like, every single one of these things is going to come up again. Um, but it's just, like, funny that she's like, hey, like, let's be smart about this. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to, like, combine my Slimer shirt with my birthday suit. And then I'm going to combine that with a uh, wise guy pack of cards. And now I have, like, a card, like, launching slime suit. It looks really slick, though. It's like a dark teal, yeah, with like it's... like a black shirt and a green tie. Mm-hmm. Pretty swanky. Which is like I don't know. I, I find it like okay. So the character designs in this comic, I think I remember saying in the beginning, like they get super good. This is like his leveled up character design. This is the first of multiple. The new, the new costume. Yeah, um, and everybody gets a bunch of them. Like. In a like in like Avatar when they get a new costume, you know, like it's a new arc. They've leveled up, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, so it's it's like cool in that way, but I also think it's a little bit funny if you actually remember that this is a thirteen year old boy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like he's got his little swanky suit on and I'm just like, Yes. Yeah. And he also um he combines the PDA with his glasses. <laughs> and they become like cyber glasses and like this is years before, like, Google Glass, mm-hmm. and it's pretty incredible that Hussey predicted the wild success of Google Glass, and that everyone now wears those. I know, it really took the world by storm. hmm They're called the Serious Business Goggles, and they are gray, <laughs> and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he also makes a... So he makes a new hammer... Like, he combines his, like, the sledgehammer with uh, the Sassaker book, the old one. And a telescope. And a telescope. So, like, the shaft of the hammer is a telescope. Right. And, like, the heads of the hammer are, like, these two, like, blocks of iron, but, like, patterned with this, like, crusty brown and, like, teal squirrel pattern, which looks cool as hell. 
It looks cool as hell. It's his, it's described as it's the telescopic Sasa Crusher. Yes. This thing could probably pound an ogre into crude burger. Of course, you have no hope of lifting it whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny because you like you see the image and you're like scrolling down and it's like, oh, that sounds so cool. And then like you see the hammer first, and then it's just John in like an empty white panel looking at this hammer with just like a, a frowny face. Yeah. Um. But then he also so. He makes some. Um, he combines the, like the, the ectoplasm that Nana Sprite left behind Ew. with fruit gushers, and they become like a healing item, mm-hmm. but like unappetizing. They they are called the hellacious blue phlegm aneurysm gush- gushers. <laughs> um, but he also combines that ectoplasm with um, basically a power glove, like a thing like to control a. Uh, a slimy ghost hand. Oh, I think he he combines it with the PDA. May, well, the PDA is already combined with the. You, I mean, he you. It just coats. Uh, you don't actually combine the objects. You just copy the codes onto cards and. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought he was like consuming the items. No. Okay. Cool. Um. So yeah, he um he makes this like digital hand like glove that controls a like a ghost arm that can lift the hammer. And then he combines that with the mirror to make the opposite, like, the left hand. Our boy is so resourceful. Very funny, yeah. Um, he then makes, like, some useless stuff. Um, there's a sort of, there's a joke that, like, obviously wasn't in poor taste when this was made back in 2009, where he, he's got a a Bill Cosby poster that he combines with his laptop to make a Bill Cosby-shaped Shaped laptop. laptop. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, but there's also, uh, what he... What he does is he uses, like, we have, like, more, like, stuff about punch card, like, math, basically, that's, like, kind of boring, but mm-hmm. um, one of the things that he does is he uses an, uh, another poster he has to sort of remove the marks from the Bill Cosby poster. And the other poster that he has is this hideous poster of a horse attacking a football guy. <laughs> Um, and I want to talk about that poster a little bit because it's just, it's like, it's just bad art. Like, it's just a a bad painting. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's also like a tail there. So, so that, um, that painting, Andrew Hussey owns that painting. Oh. Andrew Hussey held a fundraiser in the end of 2007 going into like early January 2008 to raise the four hundred and twenty-five dollars the painter was asking for that oh. thing, which he successfully did, uh-huh. <laughs> and purchased this painting, um, which he originally had seen online and like worked into like a past project. Um, and he, yeah, he he before he ever started Homestuck, when he was sort of riding on like problems with fame, Hussey squeezed $425 out of the internet to buy this hideous horse poster. Painting. That That is uh, incredible. That is a good story. Thank you. Yep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's just making a bunch of random shit now, basically. Yep. <laughs> uh, he makes, like, oh, he makes a pogo ride hammer, hammer combo, but instead of being, like, a pogo hammer, it's a hammer pogo. Yeah. Like, it's a pogo ride in the shape of a green hammer. Yeah. Uh, He's like, this seems less fun, but probably safe. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then he he tries to combine his problem sleuth game with the hammer, but um, the grist cost to make that item is way too high, and it 
requires like three kinds of grist that he doesn't even know yet. Like it's just like question marks where the icon should be. So that's interesting. Yeah. Problems with this powerful. <laughs> um then he makes the wrinkle fucker. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is the iron combined with the pogo hammer. Yeah. It's like like uh like a clothing iron. Yeah. And so it's, so it just goes, the wrinkle fucker, and then he's, like, clutching it, like, yes. Yeah. It actually says hiss in the <laughs> background. So then we see, like, him facing the camera, surrounded by all his loot. <laughs> like, all these, he's all geared up. Um, and it's like, it's like uh, my birthday and Christmas combined. That could ever happen. Which made me realize this page was published on Christmas. Not quite. It was published but on it, the 23rd. Yeah. But it's that's still a good joke. Yeah. Because, like, in the comic, his, it's still his birthday. Yeah, exactly. Jokes. Um, yeah, and then, finally, we get to see the end of Dave's strife with his brother, which has been going on for three episodes now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just these, like, little throwaway flashes, and it's just, like, at least this one doesn't go on very long. Like, it's just... They, like, uh, what is it, bro, like, slices Dave's, like, shitty sword in half, and we get a yeah. little, like, action pop-up that's, like, cheap piece of shit! <laughs> um, Dave, like, slices Cal into a bunch of pieces. Yeah, which I'm not too sad about. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, <laughs> um but Dave goes then, flying. Dave goes flying, bro drops his copies of the beta onto yeah. Dave. And hoverboards off into the inferno that is the city. Like, surrounded by crows. It's surrounded by swirling crows, yeah. Yeah. Because um, he's a cool it, guy. It's pretty intense imagery. And that, friends, is the end. Um, Lydia, we have some listener questions. Oh, hell yeah. Let's hear them. So, first, I'm going to... Um, Go with the questions that were sent to us over Twitter by Twitter user Dromedary, um, who I'm going to always check for first now because we missed them last time he asked on Twitter. (laughs) Um, So uh, Brian Dromedary asks, what would our chum handles be and what would our text colors be? God. Um, I think I saw that on the Twitter, and I was just like, fuck, I'm gonna have no answer. And sure enough... Um... Uh, wait, 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 okay, oh no. I don't want to be Hooch Dragon, but that is an option. <laughs> that is good. Um... Oh, that came up in our dud recording that we had to discard. It did. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what yours would be? I don't. Hmm. I was gonna, I was gonna workshop with you. Okay. Well, let's like, let's like, let's like... Take a minute. Yeah. Martian something. You are Martian something. Martian. Uh, you would be... Can we just go with, like, our Echeladder rungs? Because those were good. Yeah. Yours at least was good. Toddle Scholar. Yeah. I think that that's really re- good. I like that one for you. Yeah. Mine could be, like, Meaty Alex. Yeah, I think that one works well as a handle. Yeah. Meaty Alex. As opposed to, like... Mini Alex. Or like Mini- Maxi Alex. Mini Alex. I don't think Mini Alex too. Mini. Mini Martian? Mini Martian. Sure, yeah, there we go. <laughs> oh god. Okay. Mini Martian. 
Oh, um, speaking of media, our next question... Wait, 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 we didn't say text colors! Oh, right. <laughs> uh, I think I'll just go with, like, uh, like a navy blue. Hmm. It's very straightforward. It's, like, good readable. Mm-hmm. If I'm being real with who I am as a person, mine would be, like, a really hideous, obnoxious, like, bright purple or, like, fluorescent pink, and you would have yes. to, like, make your chat window, like, have a black background in I order think, to read what I say. I think, like, a really, um, like, a really saturated purple, but that, like, that you sampled from a really good sky pick. Yeah! Like a sunset purple. Yeah. All right. That was a good question. That was a super good question. Yeah, thank you. Um, so our next question, um, I kind of uh, fucked up. And uh, I saw I got an anonymous question, but I wasn't thinking in hamstake mode. So I thought that I'd just gotten this out of the blue on my oh. own blog. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Um, so the question was, um, I, if you want to go look at my whole answer, um, I tagged it under anonymous on my blog, or under, uh, it's media, because it was about media. So the question is, uh, what are your preferred modes of engaging with media? What things tend to resonate with you? Mm-hmm. Um, since I already answered this, like, in a lot of detail, but, like, on the assumption that it was just, like, someone asking me this personally out of the blue, uh, I'm just gonna leave, maybe we can link to this in the show notes, my stupid long answer, um, but I'm just gonna let you answer that in your own way. Okay. Um, your answer is really thoughtful. Um, and it's something that, like, I don't know, that's interesting because it's not necessarily something I think about a ton. Um, and honestly, I don't actually consume very much media, and I, like, never have. Like, I, I don't, I have to, like, really make a point to, like, sit down and, like, read a book or, like, watch a TV show or anything like that. Um, right. and that's, that's an ADD thing as it turns oh. out. Um, uh, because yeah, it's because like, cause it's not like I don't love that. Like I love media. I love comics. I love like movies and everything, but, um, it's like if there is like some kind of stimulation that I can get quicker, that's what I'm going to go to. And so, and also right. like everything taking me 3 million years means I don't have as much time <laughs> to yeah. engage with media if I'm fulfilling my obligations. So that makes sense. yeah. Um, so, but, so how do I go about engaging with media? So that's, that's sort of the problematic part of it is I will often just kind of like immerse myself in whatever happens to cross my path. Um, and I just am reading Tumblr constantly and I'm reading Twitter constantly and I'll read any article you send me. No, I won't. Mm. <laughs> um, I, but I might read it like, I don't know. You'll add to your reading list. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I do that. Um, when I actually engage with like the media that I choose to like really seek out and like sit down with, um, Actually, it's, it ends up being pretty specific, um, and I should broaden that, but it's, like, I like media that, like, that makes me feel, like, a way that I wouldn't normally, like, an otherworldly kind huh. of feeling. Like, whether that's positive or negative, or just kind of outside of what you're used to? Yeah, um, it's usually, I mean, it, I find it to be, like, a, it's a mixed experience of, like, both, like, it's, like, like calm or, like, exhilarating or something, but then it's also, like, very, like, unsettling and unnatural. Um, hmm. So, like, I don't know, like, what came to mind is, like, I really like, 
I don't know. I like a lot of, like, I guess it's, like, chill wave music or, like, chill house music. And then I like, um, what is that game that you play? It's a phone game, and it's Asherian. Like, N.C. Escher drawings, and it's a little... Oh, uh, oh, uh, Monument Valley. Monument Valley. Yeah, so I really loved Monument Valley. Um... I don't know, that book that I talked about, the Invisible Cities book that's just, like, right. weird cities that couldn't happen. Or, like, I'm, I'm reading, like, a book of, like, Jorge Luis Borges' book. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, because I've never heard anyone say his name out loud. People talk about him all the time, and I think it might that be one sounds... of those ones where I'm pronouncing it the Spanish way. That sounds right. But, like, yeah, but, like, I don't know if that's done in English. I don't know if it's pretentious, whatever. Like, I don't know. So, like, stuff like that, like... I guess. Or, like, I love Rice Boy. Oh, man. If you're talking yeah. about comics, Rice Boy. Oh. So otherworld. So, yeah. I mean, like, that's, like, the main thing that grabs me. But, I mean, I also just, like, it's, like, either that or, like, scratches my, like, Star Wars itch, basically. So, like, I really like Saga. Nice. Because <laughs> it's a goofy, like, space opera that's also, I mean, it's also very serious. But, um, yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of Saga is also kind of otherworldly. It is. That's true. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's basically a, it. <laughs> nice, that's a good answer. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, we have more questions. <laughs> okay. Our next questions come from Tumblr user Quiet Serval. Hi. Oh, hey. Ah, we've been mutuals for like since I joined Tumblr. Oh my god, uh, we've been mutuals since like I was a Homestuck. That's why I followed her. <laughs> hey, friend. Well, thanks for listening, and thanks for sending in some questions. Yeah. Um, so she says, Hi, finally sending in some questions to the podcast. Also, sorry if these are repeats or something you've discussed before. I'm currently making my way through the episodes. Oh, uh, thank you. Number one, what made you two decide to do a read-through of the Homestuck via audio podcast? And number two, what are some of your favorite dialogues you've read through? Um, so I feel like the first one we've covered in a previous episode... Yeah, but basically we, just, we were having a Twitter conversation. Yeah, and um, we just thought it would be a really fun project, and I was kind of looking for um, an excuse, I guess, or like a, a a reason to dedicate my time to Homestuck, because I wasn't sure if I would enjoy it. Uh, and I am so far, but I also feel like if if I hadn't started with this, I might not have kept to it i don't know i don't know though um and the other question what are some of your favorite dialogues that you've read through probably anything for me at least anything uh that jade's been part of because i just like love her writing style and like how positive she is and like it reminds me of like what i aspire to write like i guess like with lots of positivity and genuineness Aww. That's so true. She is, like, she's, like, so full of good vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think my favorites are probably anything with Rose in them. Because mm -hmm. she's just ridiculous. And especially, I think, that one dialogue that Rose and Dave have while Rose is trying to, like, set things up in her cat's mausoleum. And, like, Dave just, like, creates an entire fursona. Right. Or, or no, that he does that when he's talking to Jade. So yeah. just, like, little bits and pieces like that. Yeah, I think I think all of the characters so far have like really enjoyable quirks in their dialogues. Um I think like all of them have really interesting dynamics with each other. They do. Yeah. 
The char- the characterization is like so good in this story, and it's so bizarre because like it, I'm pretty sure like nothing that Hussey did before this like was remotely that way. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I'm gonna do a story, and like surprise, the characters are like incredibly well developed. Yeah. Um. Also, since we sent out the call for questions multiple times mm. uh, before recording this episode, uh, we got some more questions oh from, quite, from quite several. Okay. Uh, first, uh, what was our favorite alchemization, this update slash reading? And if you could choose, what would you alchemize? Wrinkle fucker. <laughs> My favorite is the wrinkle fucker. <laughs> good. Um, I'd say probably, yeah, wrinkle fucker is really good. Really I also so gross. <laughs> I also really like the other hammer, the uh, Sassiker one, Tele- telescopic Sassiker. The telecop the, the the telescopic Sassa Crusher. Yes. So basically like the, the hammers were very good. <laughs> um and, not, that's not quite the title that's like the 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 tagline of this episode. The hammers were very good. Okay, yeah, that's the title. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> um, and what what would we choose to alchemize? That's kind of um. That's so it's like ended. that's like the question about like what useless items would we like combine uselessly? Oh God, but, yeah. Like, but like actually useful. Yeah. Hmm. I'd like to alchemize my. I want to say I'd like to alchemize my Wii with my phone so that I can play Wii games everywhere. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. The kids do do that a lot. They just, like, use alchemy to create technology that's, like, way ahead of the current cutting edge because magic. Yeah. Um, what would I do? I kind of feel like I would alchemize a bunch of different Christmas lights with each other so that I could just have, like, any color that I wanted. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that you could do that if you, like, shelled out several hundred dollars. Yeah, but I don't want to. The whole reason I use Christmas lights is because they cost four bucks at the hardware store. Right. (laughs) I made, I've made, like, very, I made a very elaborate light fixture in my room by just, like, duct taping (laughs) a string of Christmas lights in, like, an elaborate formation. It's definitely a huge fire hazard, but it also cost me, like, four dollars to have a super cool light fixture. So, like, (laughs) you know. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I would alchemize a bunch of Christmas lights. Nice. Um, next question is from friend of the show, Dwellington. Hi! Uh, he asks, what are your favorite and least favorite words? Wanna go ahead? Mmm, I'm thinking... Everyone always says moist, but I really don't care about the word moist. I think the word moist is just fine. Same, yeah. Um, I think maybe one of my favorite words is cromulent. What? Which is from a Simpsons episode. Um, where, so it's about, like, the founder of Springfield. Mm-hmm. And his, his, like, famous quote is something like, A noble spirit embiggens the smallest man. <laughs> and, um... One of the people who's not, like, native to Springfield was like, I don't think I've ever heard the word embiggen outside of Springfield. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other person turns to her and is like, it's a perfectly cromulent word. <laughs> and 
And it's just like that kind of That's double a good la- joke. Yeah, double layer <laughs> of joke. And also like I tend like I kind of have used that with that meaning before, even though it's like completely made up. <laughs> but now it works, like now it's yeah. real. The first word that came to mind for like my least favorite word is pustule. Ugh! Pustulio! <laughs> Do you remember that one? No. What? Oh, it's an episode of Invaders. <laughs> I never watched that. Oh, God, I'm revealing myself to be, like, the hot topic tween goth that I was. I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, I knew I knew that you were the hot topic teen goth, but I'm not surprised that Invaders was part of that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm a little bit... I'm gonna say I'm annoyed by the word sanction, because I get confused about it all the time when I am reading like, things, because it can mean both that you approve of something or that you disapprove of something. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I fucking hate it. It makes me, I I feel stupid every time I'm reading the news, because, like, people talk about, like, sanctions, but then they also talk about, like, sanctioning and, like, pick one. (laughs) Shit. Uh, So that's my, like, least favorite word. I don't think I have a favorite word. It's all very context-dependent. Uh, Pizza. No, pizza gives me a hangover. Um, pizza is a nice word, though. It is. Um, oh, I had just thought of a word that I do really like. Um, okay, good. I think the, I think the word is pizzicata. Ooh. Yeah, and it just means, I think it's in string music when you're plucking the strings instead of bowing them. So, I mean, like, it is a pretty sound, and then it's also just, like, it's so, like, it's such a delicate little word. Yeah, that's a really good answer. Yeah. Nice. Um, should I put it in the... Oh! Another good word is hemiola. Music is full of, like, great, great words like that. Hemiola. I, mean, I, think, I think you're just, um, being very Italian-centric here. Stop! No! Hemiola is just, like, Latin it. I think you're, uh, you're, you're Italian pride is showing. God, stop. <laughs> New Jersey has the strongest state, stri- straight, state pride of any state <laughs> in the Union, yeah. far it's and strong- away. Has the strongest straight pride. No. <laughs> probably. Um, no. What, probably wait, not. Sorry. Um, by in the Union, do you mean in the North? In the Union? No, it's, it's, the Union is the whole country. Like, the state would, of the Union is the... I'm not sure I would agree, then. What? I think that, like, Texas... It's, they've something. done surveys. New Jersey has far and away the biggest state pride. Texas okay. is a, is a reasonably close second. But because everybody spends so much time shitting on New Jersey, and we are such confrontational people. Like, at least people in Texas are, like... Southerners and like yeah they're Texans but they're like mellow. But okay. like we're uptight as shit. And there's a gajillion million of us on our two square feet of land, and New York City spends its entire time shitting all over us, so we all have a complex. I understand. Yeah. Uh, our final question <clears throat> is from Anonymous, who says, uh, you think Jade would rather fight a horse sized duck or like six duck sized horses? Oh, um, that's such a good question, Anon. Oh, really? Who um, are I you? Just, I because this um, this is like a meme from Reddit. Oh, I know, I know, but I just like I think so it's, I just, like, it's funny to like, think about. I guess I just have like a viscerally like annoyed reaction to this question because oh. like when I used to go on Reddit, pe- like interesting people would have AMAs, and like this would be the top voted comment like question, and I was just like it got tired. 
So I'm going to let you answer this. Okay. Well, I'm not tired of this joke at all because I've only ever heard it like once before. We had this conversation like when I was in high school and I was like, this is really fun. Um, So the novelty hasn't worn off for me. So I guess, yeah, maybe your choice of question is actually weak, but fortunately I'm the right audience. Um, I think that Jade would rather fight the duck-sized horses because she wouldn't end up actually fighting them because like think about who she is as a person like she would probably pay them play them like a bass solo or something and then they would just be her friends yeah and i think she would prefer more friends yeah like i think part of what gets me about this question is like i don't want to fight any animals and like i would love to like cuddle some tiny horses or cuddle one horse-sized duck how cool would it be to like, have See, you ever touched a duck? Like, that's such a better. That's such a better question. Yeah. Like, would you rather fight or would you rather like hug? Mm. I, okay. All right. I'm invested now. Would I rather? Would I? Would Jade rather hug a horse-sized duck or like six duck-sized horses? Um, that is. Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think probably um, she gets like enough. Like one animal hugs from Becquerel, so she'd be interested in, like, the multi-hug. Like, she'd, she'd want to know what that's all about, right? Yeah. I think I think she'd be really into, like, like tr- experimenting with a multi-hug. I'm getting um, such vivid imagery of her just getting, like, swarmed and hugged by these tiny yeah. horses. Like, yeah, like, like, like videos of, like, puppies just, like, piling onto a person. Yes! But they're, like, tiny horses... Yeah, on, I, on her beautiful tropical island. Oh my god, this yeah. is beautiful. Um, from now on, I'm gonna just reinterpret this question as hugging instead of fighting. Good question, Anon. Thanks. <laughs> um, so those are the questions. Thank you for sending them in. Uh, I'm glad that we got a good variety of questions, and I'm glad that we remembered to check both places that we get questions. Yes. <laughs> um, so if you'd like to send us a question, you can send one to uh, com or give us that at on Twitter at hamsteakpodcast. Oh, but another thing is if you want to send us a question, you can send it to our Gmail. We are hamsteakpodcast.gmail.com. We have yet to receive a single email, I we don't yet, think. Yeah, I don't think we've checked ever since yeah. like the first three episodes. <laughs> um, Should no we just one, stop saying it? Yeah. Okay. Just let it go defunct. Okay, that's fine. I mean, I, I think it's like it's for the uh, benefit of people who don't have Tumblr or Twitter. Which, but like, how would they find the podcast? Not, that's not our audience. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this twelfth episode of the Hamstake Podcast. I would just like to point out that we broke a thousand pages this week. We read nice. one thousand and sixty-six total pages of ham. So much ham, so little time. <laughs> So much time. <laughs> so incredibly much time. Which, speaking of how much time, um, next week we're gonna um, do, so we always like recap a little bit of like where everybody's at at the start of each episode, but that's gonna be a lot more substantial next week, because we it's gonna be the end of Act 3, and mm-hmm. Act 7 has not yet started in <laughs> Homestuck, so in some structural sense we're halfway done. Oh my god. But yeah, not we'll be really halfway done, but not really at all. But we've also been at this since November, so we figure it might be helpful to 
Especially if you're jumping onto the podcast late, like, you know, catch you up on everything that had happened up until now. Um, So you can look forward to that next week. And then we are going to read through the end of Act 3. Mm-hmm. So that's that's um, page 2971 through page 3053. So not much in terms of pages, but probably lots in terms of uh, plot content. Yeah, we have a character entering, so ah. there's going to be content. Oh boy. All right. Um, so if you would like to reach us individually on the internet, I am uh, Leaf Crunch on Tumblr and Crunch Leaf on Twitter. And I am Brickchip on Tumblr and also Brickchip on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks. We love your questions. Thank you for sending so much questions. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a good variety of questions. Yes, this, this was awesome. Um, it was super good to hear from you guys. And uh, we will see you next week. Yeah. Or you will hear us. You, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Bye, you guys. Bye. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I should put this in, but I've always uh, found it really sad that the following words mean bad things because they actually sound, uh, like nice, uh, combinations of sounds. Okay. And those are diarrhea and gonorrhea. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, diarrhea would be a nice name that's, if it didn't mean that. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Does that... Do they not have, like, viscerally gross connotations for you? Well, I think, like, when I, when I started realizing this, I, like, consciously separated that uh um (laughs) it was a little shocking to just have diarrhea i I tried to like set you up for it (laughs) thanks you you tried you did i mean you did all you could